This is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome to Seattle yeah. Sports at Night. Stacy, cat got my tongue there. <laughs> this is Seattle Sports Night on 710 ESPN Seattle. We Maybe the- you're intimidated sitting next to me and Jake for once. I know. Normally I'm just slumming it back in the control room. I know. But uh, I'm surrounded by the two homies. Let's go. And let me just say this. Boy, am I glad to see you guys. Because Why? I had... To you're host afraid the of ghosts when you're show. here by yourself. No, yeah, <laughs> I had to host the Mariners post game show today. Oh, and, oh man! So you yeah. need a, you need a little positivity yeah, in your life. Dude. Well, lucky really for you, did. Jake is very positive. That's right. That's right. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Not know how Stacey, to help you, but me. You can sit next to yeah. me and absorb. Just all start my inching positive. closer yeah. to Jake. Yeah. There is so, great things going on in life. Jake, <laughs> as I was saying, and today, then the closer you get to me, I'm going to yeah. be like, you know, everyone dies, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> the bees are dying at alarming rate. Where are the bees going? It was hard the last two days doing a show with Stacy on primetime. Let me what? tell you, it's just so No, you negative. had so much fun, so Jake. So negative. Oh, no. and I then, was like, where's that's Curtis? That's not true. Where am I to be, I guess, the voice of reason? You're all? the middle ground. Correct. I am. Correct. And uh, it's, good to be, it's good to be here. Good to be here, as always. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. You can join in on the conversation at any time, the Coors Light text line is there for you, 710-710 is the number to text. If you got something to say to get it off your chest, that's where you want to go. Uh, a lot to get to tonight. Uh, obviously, the Mariners today losing, that's that's not good. That's not, not great. Not good at all. And they, they've been doing a lot of that as of late. 27 yeah. of their last 37 they've dropped. Today, though, Jake, you had a little bit of an in, a rooting interest in the Rangers of all teams. Yeah, I, I'm going to apologize. Did you have money front. on them or something? No, I did not have money on them. I did have a Skyline Spartan, however. Okay. Starting for the Rangers, Adrian Sampson, where are you at? Uh, Spartan 2010 uh, graduating class. was exciting to see him out there. At one point, he was with the Mariners at one point uh, in time and uh, got his second start this season and was able to – uh, and pitch a pretty good game, so it was a lot of fun watching him. And congratulations, uh, keep it within the Spartan family. There we go. So I mean, I guess it wasn't all bad. Well, with all things, considered. it was still bad. It yeah. hurt. Not so, only, like, don't get me wrong. Don't it lost. Get it wrong. They could lose their starting catcher for a while. There was a silver lining for Jake yes, in this game. There was, which was seeing an old teammate. That's right. Seeing. An old, an old buddy. An old buddy an back old... from. Childhood pal. Childhood pal from 2017. Skyline High School. Let's go. Jake was just a baby. Yeah, when when Jake was uh, when when Jake was a fresh faced young whippersnapper. (laughs) Yep. Instead, he's a fresh faced. There there was actually there was actually a quarterback controversy at one point between me and Adrian Sampson my freshman year. Uh, freshman ball, I broke my leg. You hear that's first game of the season, and uh, and he and he did really well. Actually, did really well, and and there was controversy on whether I would even be the next up-and-coming guy for Skyline and that Adrian Sampson would take over my role, and I think things worked out for him and I. So did you end up being very civil? Because my approach would be you start a burn book. 
Ooh. <laughs> you start or leaving you photos start in the hallway. MySpace bulletins. That's about right. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Just tear Get them real down. passive aggressive and real crazy. I, about think about it. the butterfly effect that quarterback competition had on both of your guys' lives. You're right. You're right. What if he had beaten you out? You would be pitching for the Texas Rangers right now. I, that's. I think that's I how that works. Be, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how that would have worked out. And, and here we'd be with we'd, Adrian. Yeah, it'd be. Stacy Curtis and Adrian Sampson here. Seattle Sports and Night. That's right. It just wouldn't be as good of a show. It wouldn't. I, I mean, that. no offense to Adrian. It's just we don't miss you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm sure we, you're... Knew, we know you can't hang with us. Yeah, that's we the thing. It. I'm sure you're a fine person, but are you a cool person? I don't know. Remains to be seen. What I do know is that Jake is cool, mainly because he puts Thank up you. with us for two hours at a time when well, he should be tucking his child in bed. And wishing his pregnant wife once again a night. shout out to the Heaps family, yeah, which we right. do every night. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, renovations on the house. There, the yeah, field. exactly. Yes, like right, Jake's right. over here doing adult things. Meanwhile, Stacy and I are just like, oh, I don't know if my debit card's gonna work this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, ugh. oh man, let's uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's check out what is on Wednesday night's timeline, and it began late last night. Jaden McDaniels, around 10 o'clock at night. Boom, you baby. broke this news to me. I did, yeah. Did. I texted our group thread, uh, Jaden McDaniels, to UW. That's right. And boy, oh boy, this is a very serious commitment. He is a top 10 player in the class of 2019. Local kid from Federal Way, so from kind of my neck of the woods. From your hood. That's right. Yeah. So shout out to the 253. Uh, but yeah, six ten forward going to the Huskies. It was between the Huskies and Kentucky, and McDaniel's chose to stay home. Now the Huskies freshman class ranked top ten by two four seven Sports, third in the Pac twelve behind Arizona at number three and USC at number six. I feel like this ramps up expectations for the Dogs heading into the twenty nineteen season. Oh, expectations to a point that we haven't seen. In, I think, over a decade easily. Without a Probably doubt. Probably the Brandon Roy era. No, for sure. This is a huge get. Huge get for uh, the Washington Huskies. And, and to be where they ultimately want to be. And for Mike Hopkins wanting to get to where he wants to get this program to. I, I think North Carolina was a huge realization. And maybe not a realization, but a wake-up call uh, to the Washington fan base in terms of where they really stand in the national scheme of things and where the Pac-12 basketball is. And and Washington simply couldn't hang with North Carolina. They were outskilled, outmatched, outsized. Uh, and you, Mike Hopkins talked about it after the game and said simply, we need to get better in this aspect, and I promise you we will get better. And this is how you do it. Getting guys like Jaden McDaniels uh, kind of setting the stage for other top local basketball ta- uh, local recruits out of this area here in Seattle to say, hey, if you want to be the best and you want to go into the NBA uh, and, and be a first-round uh, type of talent, it's okay to stay home and stay local. You don't need to go to Big Blue Nation out there in Kentucky. You can stay right here, and we've got a fantastic program. that You're going to get coached up really well. You're going to have a loyal fan base to you. Um, and I think this is, this is the right... This is the marquee moment for this program, I think, for them to really turn the corner and take themselves, not trying to blow this out of proportion, but take themselves to become a national powerhouse. Stacy, when you look at the Huskies roster, or well, you look at the expectations right now, you've got, what, three former McDonald's All-Americans on the roster. Compared that to last year's 
where they had a lot of four-year guys, a lot of guys mm-hmm. left over from the Lorenzo Romar era. All of a sudden now, the tide has turned at Washington to where it's not that they're playing with house money anymore. They're playing with legit expectations now to where if they fall short of the NCAA tournament in the coming years at any point, it's going to be looked at as a huge disappointment. No, for sure. And I think that what you're starting to see is that already in such a tor- short time span with the Hopkins program, their performance is starting to show results in their recruiting. And they're being able to, to lock up someone like this is huge. Um, so, yeah, I think that you, you, you start with this. And hopefully you move forward, and I agree. I think even now, to to not make it back to the tournament, even making it for the first time last year in a while, to not make it back, I think, would be a step back and disappointment for them. And maybe that's not fair, but I think that's how a lot of fans are going to see it. McDaniel's not the only top 10 recruit the Huskies will be welcoming this season. Isaiah Stewart, another guy, uh, sort of in that one-and-done mold. Uh, We'll talk more about this coming up around 8.15 tonight. How does this commitment alter UW's expectations in 2019? That's coming up later on in the show. And the Mariners today, we talked about it right off the top. They get swept at the hands of the Rangers, losing today 2-1. to one. All three games of this series, very close. 10-9 to nine on Monday, yesterday 5-3 to three with an opportunity, uh, a couple of opportunities for them to tie it yesterday. And then today, they threatened in the 7th, 8th, and ninth innings but could not push, to, push across that tying run. Mariners lost 27 of 37 following that 13 and 2 start. I think they are much more like the team that has dropped 27 of 37 than they are the team that's won- that started the year off 13 and 2. But man, oh man, has it been a rough go of it over the last month plus for the Mariners, including today Omar Narvaez left today's game in the third inning after taking a pitch off of his leg. Scott Service called the injury a contusion, said he was hopeful Narvaez can return this weekend. When will the when will the bleeding end? Like I just I want Never. rations to improve. It's not going I, to I want I just want to feel better about the Mariners. You need to scoot closer to Jake. I know. This Jake, is your Jake <laughs> All right. Don't now, scoot closer right. to me on this because oh, no. I've got nothing oh, no. to say it's about just you, the Mariners right now. You might as well uh, move on to the next one. Okay. That's right. This is this is brutal to watch right now. Let's just be honest. It's one thing if you're looking at this squad and you're saying, Hey, we're developing, we're growing, and, and you can try and look at the silver lining with certain players. But it's really hard to watch players make routine plays difficult over and over and over again. I mean, come on. Like that's that's the hardest thing to watch. It's like watching watching a quarterback who cannot take a snap under center. That's right? what uh, Jim Moore wrote a column. Uh, it's not on our front page anymore. It was last week, but it's still on the Mariners uh, page of 710 Sports. He wrote a column basically saying that, that look, he's fine with a step back here. He accepted it, and and he had hopes when they started 13-2, and but then he got back into, okay, I can still accept the losing because I started off knowing it was a step back here. But he said, this defense I can't accept, and that's where I draw the line. And I read it, and I was like, you know what, Jim? That's fair. He can't even. That's what I was going to title it. He wouldn't let me. Mm, That's unfortunate. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Mariners, they begin a three-game weekend series against the Oakland A's, who have won six in a row. Uh, that begins on Friday. The NFL announced today that Cleveland will host the NFL draft in 2021. Kansas City will host in 2023. They didn't announce a city for 2022. The NFL Network says that the NFL hadn't hasn't done so because the league wants the draft in a big city that wouldn't normally host a Super Bowl. Hmm. 
Okay. Seattle. Seattle. That kind of fits in that mold. I Seattle's feel like it'll never pretty... come here. I don't know. I, I think I that feel the same exact. Well, because I think Seattle's just so geographically removed that the league always. I'm not the the most crowded I've seen VMAC, even when the team was like heading back to su- the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 49. There still aren't a ton of people there that would be at like an East Coast game because riders have to fly from Connecticut to here. So yeah, they have some regulars that are here and it's still packed. But it is it is wild even like the the riders that they don't send out here. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty amazing. And just to go on that point, I mean my one year with the Jets, I mean the Jets at that point, they had signed a lot of marquee players and it was an interesting squad, but Look, Geno Smith was your starting quarterback at the time. Ryan Fitzgerald or Ryan Fitzpatrick was your backup quarterback. This this was a team that, with all things being said, wasn't something to overly get excited about. Mm-hmm. Yet first take and all those big time yeah. media outlets were there almost every single day. It was insanity. And here in Seattle, on the flip side of that, I think the fan base makes it a bigger feel. But from a media perspective, and how much attention it. they do not follow it, and it's it's surprising. I'm hoping do you want to get Jeff. to your Guy Fieri news? I absolutely do. I was waiting for us to just get the, stuff, the meaningless stuff out of the way and talk <laughs> about the most important thing, the most important development of the Curtis day. Curtis told me this the minute I walked into the I did. Uh, Guy Fieri, who I would seriously be starstruck if I ever met him. I believe it. He's he was, your Beyonce. He is. What would Guy Fieri do? <laughs> He'd take you to Flavortown with some donkey sauce. Uh, he was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame today. So shout shouts to Guy, shouts to Hunter and Ryder, his sons, oh who my were there. God. Uh, wow. But yeah, Guy Fieri getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. What's his wife's name, Curtis? That. I mean... You don't care. Kat, Kathy, I'm <laughs> You only have eyes for one Fieri, <laughs> yeah, and it's and Guy. It's, yeah, That's right. <laughs> uh, so shout out to Legend. the mayor of Flavortown. Uh, also, and your president. Yeah. Have you ever seen a picture <laughs> of him without the without the frosted tips? It's weird. No. It there, is. We've got to show you. It is okay. I'll look on the break. There are photoshops of him without like his, so his mustache different. combo, and it looks weird as well. I don't like that. And then finally, Jeopardy contestant James Holzhauer. He won his twenty fifth consecutive game tonight. Mora uh, told me Tom Brady said he would eat a strawberry if he lost. Yeah, on Instagram Live. Yeah, thank God he didn't have yeah, to, wow. but he thought about it. That would throw off Tom Brady's That would throw off the Patriots' season. Yeah, Can you imagine would. it comes back oh, to that? Man. But some g- good news from James's streak on Jeopardy. He's now donating portions of his prize money to the Las Vegas Natural History Museum, the Las Vegas Clark County Library, and the Las Vegas Ronald McDonald House. So I mean, He's doing good with... His heaps of cash. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. Who nice. is this Italian chef? <laughs> Stacy's Googling Guy Fieri what? without uh, his hair and without his mustache. He looks like an Italian plumber. Do not do not question Guy Fieri, okay? We don't, we don't, talk, about Guy, we don't talk about your reality shows mm. and all those things. I don't know why not. Just, just what, have, what have the Vanderpumps ever done for local mom and pop shops throughout this country? <laughs> exactly. Answer. Fair riddle question. me that. Guy Stacey. Fury is a legend. Do not talk about him in a negative way. There we go. Coming up next on Seattle Sports at Night with Bobby Wagner on the front of everyone's mind. Did C.J. Mosley really reset the linebacking market in the NFL? We answer that question next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Jay Keep, Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle.
You're listening to Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacy Rost. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on 710 ESPN Seattle. Guys, I'm, I'm already making enemies on the text line already Now, this is a beautiful text line. So we got uh, the 206 saying Guy Fieri without dyed hair is just Mario without the overalls. Couldn't agree more. Whoa. I mean, yeah, I, I would... I would agree that Guy Fieri does have some similarities to one Mario of the Nintendo franchise. Me without dyed hair is just Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, but the- you without <laughs> wow, oh, wow. Okay. Someone told me I looked like him when I was little. Oh um, no, yeah. that's not good. The one that got you fired up. Yeah, though, was the one Guy- that got this me. This is my favorite. Like, about to throw down the eight one three says, and all this. This is all they say. They say Guy Fieri is weird. Oh, now let me let me just do some research. You see where the eight one three. Tampa, Tampa, <laughs> Florida is going to come at me calling something weird. Curtis, calm, but I calm get, down. We I guess it takes whoever, one to know one. Eight one three. Every listener, every listener counts. Curtis, you wouldn't say that Especially to my face. Eight one three. You know what? I think someone show. from Tampa would say it to your I, face. Yeah, Tampa people are. They're, they don't they're mess cut around. from a different cloth. Hey, if Bruce he's Arians willing to text in right from Tampa right now, I we appreciate you listening. It's ten nineteen Tampa time. I mean. Shout out to you for stopping by. Uh, you can listen to our show via the 710 Sports app, like I assume the 813 is doing, driven by your Puget Sound Acura dealers. Coming up in about a half hour from now, we are going to answer four of the biggest football questions of the day in four-down territory, including which Seahawks stood out to Stacy and Jake the most during the first OTAs that were open to the media coming up in about a half hour from now. But Bobby Wagner is representing himself in his contract negotiations. He still is without one coming up in this upcoming season. C.J. Mosley is the guy who we've all kind of pointed to as just that's the marker that has been set. That is the person who Bobby Wagner is aiming for when it comes to his contract negotiations. He is the Adrian Sampson to Jake Heaps as Jake Heaps. That was a good callback. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So... (laughs) When you look at Bobby's situation, is C.J. Mosley's contract attainable? Is that something that maybe reset the market to a point where it became an outlier? I think I'm going to say it's going to have to be, which seems like a cop-out. I think if Bobby Wagner was any other linebacker, it would be a very tough conversation to have, but the conversation with the organization would have to be like, look, this guy set this forward like $5 million per year. It broke a record that had just been set the week prior, and this is a huge contract. The fact that it's Bobby Wagner, of, of all inside linebackers to go for that, makes it something to where it's like, well, maybe this is the market. Maybe this is where it goes now because I have a hard time seeing right. why he would take less than that. Well, and here's the thing. Did it, did it set the market at an outrageous rate? Yes, it did. Absolutely yeah. it did. But the thing is, is for Bobby Wagner, why should Bobby Wagner care? That's not his problem. Right. It's not his problem that uh, Mike McCagden, who later got fired and the Jets, handled that whole thing completely wrong. That's a whole other topic for well, discussion. Well, and he could say Kirk Cousins reset the market for quarterbacks with his guarantee. For sure. The, the thing that matters to Bobby Wagner is, is that there is a contract out there of C.J. Mosley's caliber, and Bobby Wagner deserves to be the number one contract in overall dollars and guaranteed money. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. Now, how much more Bobby tries to go for? I don't know. Is he trying to get 18 mil per year? Uh, How much percentage and guaranteed money is he trying to get? I don't know. 
But the thing is, is Bobby Wagner absolutely deserves to be the top uh, uh, top paid linebacker in this league, and he has multiple things going for him. One, he's 28 years old. Okay, he hasn't hit that 30 mark. Yeah, people yet. try to fast forward it too. I see Correct. so many comments on every single article I write where they say he's almost 30. No, he's not. Yeah, he's 28. Look, half he's of still- the yeah. life of his contract. Or a little less than half, but about half, he'll be under 30. Right, but here's the thing, too. If he was at 28 and he was showing signs of slowing down in his production, then we can have a conversation. He's at 28. He's playing at the top of his game. Yeah, hasn't done uh, any of this. And, and he is going to be one of those players, and I anticipate if Luke Keekley and, and Bobby Wagner can stay at this pace, that they're going to be the next Ray Lewis and, and Brian Urlacher to the point that they can play into their mid-30s. Yeah. So if you look at it from that standpoint, Bobby Wagner is, is not even close to being done. The other side of it as well is, is that, uh, like I said before, he's playing at the top of his game, and he is one of your strongest leaders in your franchise. In that locker room, he you talk about the Legion of Boom being gone and, and the edge and the culture not necessarily being the same as it once was. Bobby is literally the last guy from that era that you have that brings an edge, that brings a passion, that brings energy every single day and brings a consistency just like Russell Wilson. So this is not a question of how important Bobby Wagner is. So with all that being said and done, if Bobby Wagner wants that contract, you have the ability in your cap space to do it, and you know that it it comes down to, we've always talked about this, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, the two most important Seahawks that you have. You get those guys paid and get them happy, Mm -hmm. and you set everything else from there. That's what it's about, and that's why ultimately Frank Clark didn't fit into the picture. You look at the context of uh, the inside linebacking contracts that have been handed out, because I think a lot of people hear the name C.J. Mosley, but I don't think they quite understand just how much his contract reset the market. So Quan Alexander signed his deal at the very first day of free agency. Which was which, March 13th. Yeah, which did that reset the market on its own. Yeah, He's making $13.5 million this season with the 49ers, which before that, Luke Keekley was the highest paid inside linebacker, making $12.3 million. C.J. Mosley comes in and blows Quan Alexander out of the water. Now he's making $17 million. Which is six, about six and a half to six and a quarter million dollars more than Bobby Wagner is going to make currently as it stands in 2019. Like that is such an outlier of a contract Mm -hmm. that I get the sense that the Seahawks look at that and they are kind of scared off by it. Without a doubt. And if I was the Seahawks, I would try and try to pitch that to Bobby. Look, this contract is just completely outrageous. And if you look at it compared to everybody else, this is how. We just can't get there. And if I'm Bobby, it, look, that's fine. You can tell me all you want that that's what you say. I know my that's value. I know my worth. Here's what it is. Just like we were talking about Russell Wilson. There's There was so much drama and conversation in that, but ultimately the numbers were the numbers. And that's where the top dollar was for the number one quarterback being, you know, that market being set. And this is where the current market is right now with C.J. Mosley. Bobby Wagner deserves to get paid that. That's what Bobby Wagner's looking for. He's not looking for anything higher than that. It's really C.J. Mosley was the one that set the market to an outrageous rate. Bobby's now just looking to get that recognition of being the number one linebacker in both annual salary and guaranteed Well, money. and it wouldn't be so, like, such an easy conversation to have about whether or not he deserves it if he truly wasn't so 
kind of above and beyond where the other two current record holders are. Um, he has more total tackles by a lot. So Quan Alexander that originally set that 380, and this is over the same span. This is from 2015 to 18. 380 for Alexander, 446 to Mo- for Mosley, 553 for Wagner. He beats <laughs> them with total tackles, solo tackles. He has seven and a half sacks more than either of them. Four touchdowns, each of them have one. He has 43 quarterback hits, more than double Mosley, who's the next leader. He's been to four Pro, Bowl- Pro Bowls, more than either of them. And he's been an All-Pro for three consecutive years, which neither of them have. He's also had five playoff appearances to Mosley's one playoff appearance, and Alexander has not been to the playoffs. Wagner was asked at OTAs on the very first day that was open to the media if he is expecting a C.J. Mosley-type deal. Here's what he had to say. I mean, the number's the number. Yeah, the market's the market. That's the top linebacker market. So, you know, um, that's the standard. And so that is the plan to break that. It's straightforward. It's straightforward. Yeah. In, in Bobby Wagner mind, it is straightforward. And, and, yeah. and this is an agent speak. This is him. Yes. He's representing himself. Correct. Like, this isn't hearing through the grapevine. This isn't Mark Rogers talking, you know, to, to dropping hints everywhere. This is Bobby Wagner who is going to be in these negotiations, laying it out there for the Seahawks front office saying, this is my price tag. Yeah. Come meet me here. It, exactly. And, it, and like I said, it's straightforward. So if you want to talk about can the Seahawks pay this or not, the cap is favorable for them this year, 2020, and 2021. They have the most cap space in 2020 of any team. Yeah, they, they are sitting very, very well right now. And so when you look at it, you pay Russell Wilson, you pay Bobby Wagner, and everybody else falls in line. That's where it starts. And so there really isn't any reason to bat an eye at paying Bobby Wagner at this current point in time, even though there is an argument to be made about C.J. Mosley's contract. Bobby doesn't care. Bobby does not care, and nor should he. And that's the thing, um, that people need to stop talking about that and get over that fact, and this is where it's at for Bobby. He deserves it, absolutely deserves it. Um, And I think the other part that you look at for for Bobby is I think that he's going about this completely the right way. He's going about it completely the right way, showing up for OTAs. He isn't holding out. He's holding out his services for practice, but he's there in the meeting rooms. And, and when I watched OTAs yesterday, you know who the, the most energy that I felt from anybody else out there on the field was? Bobby Wagner. He wasn't practicing, but, man, was he engaged and was he communicating with his teammates and he was yelling and, and well, talking he was trash jawing, to Russell. Like he was, I was exactly. going to say, I saw him jaw at a few receivers. Yeah, he's jawing at receivers. Russell Wilson, him and Ken Norton Jr. were the loudest voices that were out there on the field. So Bobby Wagner is not changing who he is. He's not holding out from the team in any aspect other than making sure that he stays healthy. And at this point in time during the season, it's not important for Bobby to be out there. As long as he's in shape, as long as he's around, as long as he's being a leader for this group, that's the best that he can give to this team right now um, at this point in stage of the contract negotiations. 813 is back on the text line, by no, the way. No, I saw that. Yeah. Did you want to go ahead and talk? I, I did, yeah. So, I mean, there, there were some tense moments between there myself was. and the 813. <laughs> they responded, all good, Curtis. I actually live in Squim, but lived in Tampa the last five years. I tweeted you just one of the many examples of why I think Guy Fieri is weird. Nothing wrong with being weird, though. Absolutely. As, <laughs> I'm glad you guys, yeah. guys yeah. saw this. I, I know. I was Thank worried. You. I was like, Great. are we going to see them make up during the show? Is this going to be a, just a beef that continues? Are our Tampa streaming numbers going to drop off dip. dramatically? Take a huge like, dip. Man, if you can't make it in Tampa, you can't make it anywhere. I was just yeah, hoping that this say. Tampa number, the 813 and Curtis, would just be mortal enemies from here on out. That's what I was hoping. Well, well I want to create just enemy areas. Like, 
Curtis and I, uh, a few weeks ago, discovered we have a lot of listeners in Hawaii. Just yeah, with the shout time out zone, to the 808. It's, it's traffic during, like, kind of driving It's afternoon time. drive. Yeah, it's oh, 430 yeah. in Hawaii. Uh, so we've been pandering to Hawaii. Yeah, coming up <laughs> next, we talk Rainbow Warriors football. <laughs> and so now, I think Curtis was about to decide that the opposite of that would be Tampa. Yeah. And you know what, Tampa? Forget you. Oh. We're not talking about any of this Tampa news. <laughs> the disrespect. Has been noted. But now they're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, Bobby Wagner has been talking a lot the last couple of days, and there's one thing that Jake noticed about what he's had to say that stood out to him. He's going to tell you next. Curtis Rogers, Stacey Ross, Jake Heaps, Seattle Sports Tonight, 710 ESPN Seattle. Live from the Alaska Airlines studio, this is Seattle Sports at Night with Curtis Rogers, Jake Heaps, and Stacey Rost on 710 ESPN Seattle. Sounds like a new intro. Yeah, this is fancy. Dope. Whoa. That's Welcome what happens when I'm... Seattle Sports yeah. at Night. What just that, happened? That's here. what happens when I'm not running the board. We got Ashley in tonight. I mean, what? it's a packed house. Wow. Hey, guys. Sure. like it, What's Ash? up, Ash? by. I don't just listen to country music, you know. I have a little taste. <laughs> There's going to be a twenty dollar uh, door fee That's to, right. to listen to Seattle it. Sports Night yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But Check- it gets you access to our water cooler <laughs> in does. the kitchen, our live stream, which is something to behold. Yeah. There's some food in there. I don't know who it belongs to, There's but somebody. I will cover for you. Yeah, and uh, every now and then we get donuts on Friday. Shout out to Brock. <laughs> uh, checks coming in from the 206. If Jake gets his own show, can it be named Heaps of Heaps? Sure. I mean, a heap of heaps. A heap of heaps. A Not heap heaps of heaps. Of heaps. Uh, yeah, just that, a single heap. Yeah. That might be a little No, a heap dash. is a lot of something. Though. Oh, yeah. That might be a dash too much of heaps. Yeah. A dollop of heap. Mm. Ashley, I can hear Yeah, I can hear it through the soundproof glass. We can hear Ashley laughing. Oh, no. Wow, I've never heard anyone through the soundproof window. And we have headphones on, too. They're like, kind of block out noise. You guys would be surprised how much I can hear through this glass. I hit that one out of the park. That was good. I should play Uh, for the Mariners. You should. They've had a lot of trouble doing that. Yeah, I could handle it. You could. Uh, Bobby Wagner, his negotiations, they will continue to drag on for as long as he wants them to. Because he's representing himself as his own agent. Jake, you stopped Stacy and I in our tracks in our pre-show meeting tonight. You're like, mm-hmm. guys, 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 guys. And we're like, whoa, Jake, dude, like, yeah. what do you got for us? Like every time I say something, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you have been combing through the Bobby Wagner audio like you are a an FBI detective. detective. Right. Me and, and my wife are watching Quantico right now, so oh, that might really? be why. That yes. Be why. Do you like it? I do. Yes. Okay, okay. It, it is a little interesting. Like sometimes I feel like you're 3 episodes in and you've gotten literally nowhere. Are you guys watching The Bachelorette? But, uh my wife is, yes. Okay. And you I will at some up. point in time. I haven't caught up on it. So I, I'm sorry. I can't de- Discuss things, but I promise you, yes. Between the Bobby Wagner negotiations and his the impending birth of his son, Jake's pretty wrapped up. Okay, fine, like, fine. If you want to pick up another hobby, this season is interesting. So, okay. Jake, you were listening to everything that Bobby had to say, mm-hmm. and there was one specific thing you told Stacy and I that really stood out to you. That no Correct. one has mentioned yet. Well, I, I think everybody is so fixated on a couple of things when it comes to Bobby Wagner's situation. One, that he's representing himself. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a player is representing himself. That is ridiculous. And, and I understand why. Uh, look, 
when it comes down to the contract negotiations, if we were to sit here and say, okay, we're going to go up and talk to David Pridemore about our new contracts, right. would you feel comfortable doing that? Me? Probably not. I probably want someone Heck to yeah, to kick do in that, that door. Right? Uh, I, I probably wouldn't be great negotiating that uh, and wouldn't want her. Well, and I don't want to hear, more importantly, I don't want to hear everything Dave Pridemore thinks I can work on. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> uh, or what he thinks you're actually worth. Exactly. Here's what right? you do. You bust in his door, you flip over his table, and you eat all of his Rolos. Can you imagine me walking in? Listen, Dave. Oh, oh, trying to lift up the desk. <laughs> can I get some help here? Can I get some help? <laughs> yeah. I want a 10% raise. Uh, look, I... That, that one, to me, I think is a little overdone. There's valid points in that, but people are so fixated on that. The other thing that they're fixated on is C.J. Mosley's contract, right? Uh, is it true? such an outlier, right? There, there's important things in all of that. But to me, the most important nugget of information was Bobby talking specifically about not only him representing himself, but also why he's doing that in the timeline of where all this fits. People kind of saying because, you know, you don't have an agent. You know, if you had an agent, it would it would happen faster and that stuff. Last time I had an agent, we didn't get done to August. So, you know, I don't know where they come from. It's, you know, at the end of the day, um, me representing myself shouldn't be a big deal. It should be, um, you know, they, they should look at it, you know, as any other deal. You know, I think it's a lot of people worried about um, them saying, you know, things and me being able to take criticism. That's part of the game. You know, you got to be able to take criticism. Look, Bobby Wagner is not concerned about Matt Thomas coming back and saying to him, no, we don't think that you're worth an above C.J. Mosley contract. We think that you're this. That's part of the negotiation. Bobby Wagner is about as level-headed of a guy that you could possibly meet. He is genuine. He is extremely nice. uh, And he also gets this. He gets that it's a business. He's done his research in this aspect. He didn't just one day say, you know what, I'm going to represent myself. Here we go. That's not how Bobby Wagner operates. The second thing is is that he obviously did not like the fact that his deal did not get done until August of last time around. So to me, that says that this deal is going to get done. At least Bobby Wagner wants this deal done by June. He wants it done through OTAs, and he wants to get it worked out now. And, And to me, that is the most significant piece of news that everybody, and I think everybody, honestly, on this station kind of missed out about. I didn't hear one person talking about that. He wants this deal done now. You hear that other shows on this station? We're talking about uh, it. Curtis, you hear that us? Yeah. We didn't talk oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jake's talking about it. I'm just jumping on his No, <laughs> honestly, Jake, you make a great point because it was, I think, a lot of the conversation, and part of it, right, is that you don't pick up on certain things when a certain part of a conversation interests you. I think it's fine that Wagner's representing himself. I think if there's any player on this team that's going to represent himself, it can be like him and Wilson. I mean, it's a guy that it's going to be pretty hard to tell him he's not worth what he is. So I'm paying attention to this. I'm getting into this debate. Um, and then you realize that that August deadline he's talking about, in 2015, that was August 2nd. That's not the end of training camp. That's not into the preseason. That is like the third day, fourth day of training camp. Right. So so don't think of this as a training camp thing. I kind of expected it actually to get done by training camp. But in hearing that, once you pointed it out, I thought, well, shoot, not only is that the beginning of training camp, but if he's representing himself, he's going to be out of the building for that six, seven-week break they he have. Does, so he, you're looking at June. He doesn't have time. Early June. He doesn't have time during training camp to get this stuff done, guys. He's got to worry about, in training camp, it's a lot different than OTAs now. Your schedule 
is way more relaxed, way more chill during at this OTAs. time during OTAs. You're out. You're out of the door around one or two o'clock every single day. Uh, and in training camp, you are inundated with uh, meetings, practice, walkthroughs, meetings. I mean, your whole day is filled up with stuff. Bobby is not going to have time to negotiate this thing, mm-hmm. and they understand that as well. So, in Bobby Wagner's mind, and he's made it very clear. I think he's handling it in a very rational way. This is my last year of my contract. If this is the last year and Seattle doesn't get a deal done with me now, it's been a hell of a ride. I've loved everything about being a Seahawk, but I want to get paid what I am worth. And the market says this. I don't care if CJ's Mosley contract was an outlier. This is the new market, and I want to get paid above him. The second thing as well is just the point that we talked about. This is the time to do it now. It's not to wait. It, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, those guys want to go on vacation in July. They want to get out of there. They want to get out of the building and not worry about stuff until really the, until they come back and prep for training camp. This is the time. And if you're uh, the Seattle organization, there is no time to waste, and I don't know why you would have a relaxed attitude. Take care of Bobby Wagner, and let's get this thing going. Coming up next on Seattle Sports Tonight, it's time for another edition a four-down territory. A few Seahawks sat out yesterday's OTAs with some nicks and bruises. Which injury is the most concerning to you? We've got Seahawks insider Stacy Ross and the quarterback Jake Heaps here to answer those questions up next here on Seattle Sports Tonight on 710 ESPN Seattle. This, this is four-down territory on Seattle Sports at Night. You got deep, 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 deep. Seattle Sports Tonight as we wrap up every single first hour. Four down territory. Coming up 15 minutes from now, Pete Carroll, he stepped to the podium yesterday. What did he have to say about OTAs with the Seahawks? Let's get into question number one. Number one. Question one to Jake and Stacy. You guys were at OTAs yesterday. Which Seahawk stood out to you the most during the first open OTAs? I think the player that stood out to me the most, I'm going to give you two. One, I think DK Metcalf. I- absolutely held his own out there. I think there's a lot of questions about, okay, rookie minicamp, he, he looked pretty, he looked sweet. No one could cover him. Uh, when he was out there um, versus the veterans, he did just fine. Uh, this this is a guy that I firmly believe is going to be a plug-and-play impact player. Uh, the significance of how, how big of an impact he will have ultimately depends on the chemistry that he develops with Russell Wilson and how quickly he's able to digest this offense and all the nuances that this this offense is going to look for uh, not only in just his route running, but also versus coverages and hots and all those things. I think DK Metcalf's going to do just fine. The second one is Marquise Blair. Marquise Blair can fly around. He is all over the place, and I'm very excited about ultimately the player that he can be in this defense, and I think that he is going to be the best option being next to Bradley McDougal back there at safety. Uh, no, that's that's a great one. I'm going to go on offense again. I'm going to say Travis Homer. Uh, six-round pick running back out of Miami in this year's draft. I thought he was impressive in rookie camp. I think this, the bar is always, unfortunately, a little bit lower when you're a lower-round pick, so it's a bit easier to impress. That being said, I thought his effort was there. Uh, physicality was there. He looked great. Um, I great. think he was able to get plenty of uh, time working in there, too, with Chris Carson injured and sitting out this workout. So he got plenty of reps, and I know they aren't going to be tackled, but he was pitting in like 110% the entire time. Question two. Number two. Do you Seahawks sat out yesterday's OTA with various nicks and bruises? 
Which injury is most concerning to you? I'll tell you what. There were a lot of injuries. A lot of guys that were not practicing. I I would say almost a third of the team was not out there practicing. And a couple guys we didn't know had surgeries. Correct. It it was it was really incredible to kind of watch. Um so to me, to me, the guy that really concerns me the most, I think most of the names that you look at, Bradley McDougal, Chris Carson, Jaron Reed, Delano Hill, Nas Jones, Sigianza, KJ Wright, Al Woods, those are veterans that know how to get themselves back into shape, how to get they've been through this rodeo before. The guy that concerns me the most is Gary Jennings, their fourth round pick out of West Virginia receiver. He's a guy that we need to see what he can do. The the Russell Wilson needs to develop that chemistry with him. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer and this this coaching staff needs to see can Gary Jennings be a player that can fit into this scheme and can be an impact for them right away. Then the fact that he's I, I it, the way it turns out to be, it looks like he's going to miss all of OTAs. That's kind of the feel of this thing, and that is a, a major disappointment to me. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more. I think that's a great candidate for it, especially with such a packed wide receiver room. Uh, You really need to establish yourself out there, and you're fighting at times for a similar spot at which three other guys are fighting for in that slot spot. So um, as far as Bradley McDougald, he's one that kind of made me pause. Um, But my personal opinion, and Carol didn't confirm this other than to say he had knee surgery, my personal opinion is it's on that like tendon issue, maybe, that he was dealing with all year. He certainly had a knee injury that he dealt with all season. So if that's the case, it's bad news that he's not out there, but he's already established himself as a veteran and a great performer in this defense. And he's also worked with presumably the same or a similar injury all last year. So it might just be one of those things where there are certain players that, that have little bumps and bruises they kind of deal with throughout their you know entire careers. And, and maybe this is one of them. And if that's the case, he did fine last year. Third down. Number three. Were there any red flags that either of you saw at the Seahawks OTA? I think we have the same one, so I'm going to let Jake take this. Any red flags that I saw? I, I think the big red flag to me was is the fact that there was not the same level of energy, not the same level of juice that was out there in practice. And the thing is, is look, you have the Legion of Boom, you have Doug Baldwin, you have some of those guys that were your edgy vocal guys that – uh, competed extremely hard and had a ton of fun at the same time. There wasn't that feeling, that presence out there across the board. Uh, there were a lot of guys we just talked about that were injured, so that could play a part in it as well. But if you have a lot of young guys out there competing for spots, I want to feel that energy, that intensity, and I just didn't feel it out there. Um, and so that's one thing that is concerning to me. Do I think it's going to be indicative of what the season can be? No. But it was definitely strange looking out there at practice and not feeling that like we have felt it the last, gosh, seven years for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, mine was actually going to be Paxton Lynch. Ah. <laughs> No, it wasn't a red flag look. We get... Red flag. Well, okay. Jake is Bold better... Bold letters, red okay. flag. And this is was, the one instance where I'm going to be... Yeah, this flag. is the instance where I'm going to be slightly more positive. We get like two looks like in this flare. group. Um, what I will say... So Geno Smith was not there. Pete Carroll said he was out for a family reason. I think that this backup quarterback position is something Seattle has mostly been able to get away with not having a really strong one out at least in the last like year or two without Russell Wilson hasn't missed a game but you still want a strong competition there and Geno Smith wasn't there Paxton Lynch a little up and down 
And so I think what you hope is that maybe it was down. an off day. He was down. Jake is very down. I'm no gonna ups. let Jake be the authority. No ups. On this. Come on, Stacey. It's I like know a, what I know what you feel, and I know what you know you saw. It's like it Splash bad. Mountain. There's no up in Splash Mountain. No. It, it it's was just all down. brutal. It was a brutal day for Paxton Lynch. And to me, what from what I saw, we'll see a couple more. But Geno Smith. Probably going to be your backup quarterback in 2008. It was so brutal to the point that I believe Mike Salk was giving you, Jake, a hard time. Yeah, about... he was dissing me. How was did... he telling you you need to get out there? Classic Salk. No, he looks to me. He turns to me and says, are you that bad? You should be ashamed of yourself <laughs> that you're not out there right now. Uh... And I looked at him, and you know what? It was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. From what I'm watching right now, this is tough to watch. It, it uh, Only Mike Salk could find a way. To, to somehow make it not to, only about you, but in a bad way. Yes. You should have turned to him and been like, see those mountains over there? I can throw it over the mountains. <laughs> That's all you need to do right now. Well, Paxton Lynch could do that, and he could do it really hard, but uh, you don't want to throw heat-seeking missiles at guys when they're only four yards away from you. Fourth down. Number four. Last opportunity to put seven on the board. It's not exactly a question, but I want to hear your guys' best sales pitch to Gerald McCoy, the most sought-after free agent currently go, out there on the market. I'm going to go first on this one because mine's short and sweet. I don't really have a strong sales pitch, and I know Jake is fired up. <laughs> Jake's got spreadsheets, My sales pitch is, here's my very simple one. Seattle is a place in need of your position. They've got the cap room, and you want to go to a place where you can be a contender, potentially. And I know that Seattle uh, was kind of a one and done with the wild card round, but they still have a franchise quarterback. They've got, they've still got some veteran stars there. So I think if you're looking to kind of get a fresh start somewhere, it's a good candidate. Now I'm going to hand it over to Jake, who is going to give a much more impassioned version. <laughs> Here we go. Clear his throat and away. Gerald McCoy. <laughs> Making it personal. <laughs> Don't waste your time trying to seek after money. You have had opportunities to get your contract. You have an opportunity to go after a Super Bowl and play for one of the most energetic, most impassioned coaches that there is in the NFL. Also, a defensive guru, a defensive-minded coach that has had great success bringing in free agents, bringing in star free agents, particularly on the defensive line. And those players, like you, Gerald McCoy, can be the difference for the Seattle Seahawks in 2019. You could be the difference to help them have an elite defensive line rotation. You could play next to Jaron Reed, one of the up-and-coming Pro Bowl players, Ziggy Ansah, and hopefully a group that can rise, and you could be a mentor to some of the year two, year three players on that defensive line. And maybe it's a one-year deal. But let's go. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Can you please. imagine if we threw it to commercial and Jake was still talking underneath the commercial? And I then could. like, eh, cars for kids, and you hear Jake and Gerald, you could be here. And then when we come back from the next down. segment, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> that is I another could. addition. I, I could have kept going, but I, oh, I, I was getting the, I was getting the wrapped up signal here, yep, and yep, so yep. yeah, I, I'll I'll keep uh, keep making my pitch. Just give me Gerald McCoy's number. Yeah, I don't have 206, that. be the change. Yeah, it felt very impassioned. <laughs> I believe in you, Jerem McCoy. The only question is, do you believe in you? Ask not what you can do for the Seahawks. But what the Seahawks can, can do, do for, for you. you. That's right. There you go. <laughs> if, he hears, if he hears that sound bite, I'm sure he is getting on a plane right now oh. to sign a contract. Yeah. 
He's from Tampa. I sure hope he wasn't <laughs> texting in. <laughs> you blew eight, it, Curtis. Eight, one, three. You had one shot, yeah. and then he found out you, you like. You blew it. Eight, one, three. If that's Gerald McCoy, I'm, I apologize. I also hate Guy Fieri. Yeah. <laughs> He's super weird. <laughs> I sincerely apologize, 813. Coming up next, Pete Carroll. He took to the podium yesterday. What did he have to say about Bobby Wagner's negotiations, and how are the Seahawks going to fill the void left by Doug Baldwin? We get into all that next. Curtis Rogers, Stacy Ross, Jake Heaps, right here on 710 ESPN Seattle.